Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 17th. Eat a balanced diet. A good formula for doing so is to select foods that are varied in color. The deeper the color, usually, the richer their energy. Um, I came on, let me phrase it differently, When I, I didn't phrase it at all. I came on is hardly phrasing anything. My thought was, to say that oftentimes when people are starting out trying to influence their consciousness, the first step toward that, even if you don't even know you're trying to influence your consciousness, is you try to take some command over your physical body because it's easier to get a grasp on our physical body than it is to get a grasp on our minds. And often there's some motivation, internal motivation, to shift my experience of life. And so we, many people often begin with diet. And that's that for many people, that's the first step, which may lead to a, a very different way of life, leading to a complete transformation of our whole relationship with the external world. But diet is often a very good place to start. And it, it was also for me, dealing with the, my physical body. I read a book uh, on yoga. This would have been in 1960, maybe about 1966, probably. Um, and it was by someone who called himself Yogi Ramakaraka. And I think I later learned that Yogi Ramakaraka was the pen name of some American in the Midwest. I, I don't really even know if that's true. He wrote a number of books about yoga. Whoever he was, I am forever indebted to him. And his yoga was, was a lot about physical yoga the, in one way or another. And there was a section about diet and there was a section about the importance of drinking water. And, and the section about drinking water is the, the most powerful one now that I think about it. He described in absolutely nauseating, disgusting detail what happens internally to the body when you don't drink enough water. You know, and he, he, he talked about it just in terms of how everything accumulates and nothing can be taken out, as if you could never take out the trash. You know, just imagine if you just kept filling the trash bags and were never able to carry them out of the house. What would the house become like? And that was how he made it made us feel about about letting the body become dehydrated. I developed at that age, which was just before I turned nineteen, an absolute terror of of not drinking enough water. <laughs> he just put it into my mind on a level that has never left me. And I've enjoyed extremely good health throughout my whole life and I've also always been a water drinker. I drink a lot of water because it's important, and I know it's important. And he also talked about vegetarianism and the power of whole foods and the whole thing. Now, of course, all of this is quite um, trendy these days, but in 1966, I guarantee it was not. It was really quite radical. Whole foods, raw foods, organic foods... Um, vegetarianism, I mean, veganism really wasn't even heard of. We were going a long distance just to get to vegetarianism. But all of his writings just 
had made this incredibly vivid impression on my mind, and I began right away. It's very interesting. I often have thought to myself, you know, I, I haven't been tested in this lifetime, not so far. I haven't been tested with physical debility in this lifetime. And I think one of the reasons is because I've been very attentive to my health. He also talked, I also learned, I believe I learned from him about running salt water through, through the nose. Um, and, and I later learned about the neti pot, which is what yogis use. I, I just learned to just literally inhale salt water through my nose with a cup. I did it for years and years. I still do. I mean, morning, night, and every time I go out, to me it's like washing your hands or taking a shower or brushing your teeth. It's like I can't imagine going out into the being in heterogeneous vibrations and not running salt water through your nose when you come home to just clear out because a lot of infection begins in the mucous membranes and the nose. We take in airborne pollutants, but if you just simply rinse them out in the simplest way. I know there's deeper things where you clean out the sinus cavities and so on, but all of which is to say, but then I had this realization at one point, well, for heaven's sakes, I became so attentive to these details of physical well-being before I was 20. And the obvious explanation is I've ignored them in many incarnations and borne the consequences. And so the problem with young people, problem with youth, is youth doesn't believe in old age. Youth thinks, I'll smoke cigarettes, I'll drink, I'll take drugs, I'll eat whatever I want, I'll overindulge in sugar, I'll, all of these different things. What difference will it make? Because we don't believe in the future. But then it all begins to catch up with you. My doctor friend said the cells are, replace themselves in the body every seven years. So if you're giving your body you know, you know, rotten material from which to build the new cells, it's going to take seven years before those inferior materials have an, have the, create an inferior result in your body. And if, over the course of those seven years, you're giving your body you know, first-class materials to rebuild new cells, then it's going to rebuild really good, vigorous cells. And oxygen, oxygen and proper breathing and exercise, all of those things just make the system work. It's just as simple as that. They make the system work. And it occurred to me that I must have abused my body for many lifetimes and, and repented of that, but repented too late. A friend of mine who suffered toward the end of his life from a degenerative disease, he, he had the power of yoga behind him and a lifetime of devotion to God behind him, but in his earlier life, and for a great deal of his life, like about a third of his adult life, he had a serious drinking problem. And he consumed a great deal of alcohol, which is a poison. It poisons the system. And when his body began to react in a debilitated way, he was, he was wonderfully accepting of it for many, many reasons, but not the least of it, of, of it was, what did I expect? He said, I ingested poison for two and a half decades. He said, you, you can't just ingest poison and not be poisoned. Just like, what could I have been thinking? Well, he wasn't, but in his next life he will. Because, you know, that whole way of being, he, he completely repudiated it and accepted the path of yoga and the path of devotion to God. It was karma that was finished, but he, 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 was, he was content to pay back. 
he was content to, to see the karma run its course because what did I expect? So all of this brings us to, like, we need to really pay attention to what we're ingesting. You know, the body is a physical machine. We wouldn't, we wouldn't go and put corrupted gasoline even into our car. You know, we just, we wouldn't do it because the car would begin to malfunction and it would cause us endless amounts of problems. But we put corrupted fuel into our body continuously and expect somehow the body's going to compensate. And yes, of course, there are people who are exceptions to the rule, but there are a lot more people who aren't, who just begin to experience a general dullness and all the things that we begin to experience when you put bad fuel into a machine. And that's what we're doing. So Swamiji has one simple idea, eat a balanced diet by eating colors. But I, I would go back. I've been a more, of a more or less of a fanatic at different times about my diet, not, well, to my mind, not as extreme as some people, <laughs> but uh, extreme enough in, for the context in which I lived. But over time, I've, I've come to a more balanced point in the middle. But it's really very simple. One should eat food as close to the way God made it as possible. Because the more processes it goes through, food is living. It has a life force in it. And the more stages it goes through, the more incorruptible it becomes when it finally gets to you, is, is a measure of it. Now that's not entirely true because I'm not, I'm, I've never been a raw foodist. I believe in cooking. You know, so you can have a cracker which is quite a long-lasting item. But if it's a whole grain cracker with ingredients on the package, all of which you know what they are, you know, you can just see them, salt, water, honey. It's like, I know what all those things are. It's not mononucleososo hydrosmishma, you know, like this, where you have all these tiny, and I have to really put on my glasses and I have to take it over to the light to even know what it is. And then when I see it, I still don't know what it is. I'm a little suspicious in that respect. I'm not against science. I'm not against innovations. I, I'm not a fanatic. I do buy some foods that are processed by other people. But in principle, the closer it is to the way it was when God made it, and, and in a, a real sense, I, I'm very suspicious about things that don't rot. Because if it, if it doesn't rot, like, where is the life force? Because otherwise, the life force will gradually run out of it. Now, of course, we can freeze things. And again, I'm not, I'm not a... I, I like modern civilization. There's a lot of really great things going on in modern life, and I'm all for it. When I first started in all of this, I had to make everything myself. Yogurt, you know, yogurt, bread, granola, everything. Everything that, that I wanted to be healthy. I had to make it myself. Nobody was making it for me. Now you can, especially I live in Palo Alto, California. I can literally walk to a store where, you know, there's, there's whole stores full of foods, much of which will meet my criteria. Not all of it, but much of it. It's like, is there life force in this? They, here's the key that I often say to people. Will it give you more energy than it will take away from you by the effort to masticate and digest it? Because some foods you just hold in your hand and you can tell just by holding it. There's no, there's no life force here. There may be some taste that'll be pleasant as it goes through my mouth. But I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm taking this not merely for the temporary pleasure of while, while I'm actually eating it, but because I need it to live. 
So what kind of life force is this going to give me? First of all, will it give me any life force? Or will it be at best neutral and at worst a minus merely to run it through my system? Alcohol running through the system relaxes the mind in, in a, a sort of downward dulling capacity, relieves anxiety by dulling our awareness, but it, it, there's no um, energetic uh, fuel in it. It just poisons the system and runs through. And that's why you're, that's why you're so sick the next morning. I've never been a drinker, so I've never, I've never had that experience, but God knows I've heard about it. That's why you're so sick the next morning, because you've just processed poison through your body. And a lot of the food that people think of as helpful, I'll think about vegetarianism, what, what is it actually giving me? And when you start talking about vegetarian versus non-vegetarian, you're also, you're actually getting the consciousness. And the, among the reasons why the yogis recommend against red meat and pork, pigs and cows, is because pigs and cows are, are much more intelligent animals than, for example, a shrimp. And so the pig and the cow is more aware of its own demise. It knows that it's being killed. And it, it has a, a, a sentient being's um, inevitable anxiety about the end of its own life. And the consciousness, that consciousness of fear and distress permeates every cell of the animal's body. I mean, think about it with ourselves. When we have a shock or when we have a grief, we feel it all over us, don't we? Or if a terrible fear comes to us, we feel it all over us. What much of the difficulty or one of the difficulties that happens after an automobile accident is that the shock of the accident creates so much stress and tension in the body that that tension itself injures the body quite apart from anything else that might happen, okay? So when the animal is dying, that stress and that shock enters the whole body, and then we consume it. Plus, the inability of the human nervous system to process that. Um, Fish, shellfish, shellfish, that's a hard word to say. Chickens, lamb, they say at least you don't have that that additional thing. So if you're going to move away, try to move away from pigs and cows, eating pigs and cows. These are just a few thoughts. But give some thought to the life force of what you're eating. Because life force is the purpose of it. Think of it from the point of view of vegetables or think of from the point of view of animal protein. But give it some thought and experiment and see what you can do to improve your quality of life with something as simple as beginning to shift your diet. So, eat a balanced diet. A good formula for doing so is to select foods that are varied in color. The deeper the color, usually, the richer their energy. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.